Who were you before you lost your wild self? That's what we're helping you explore on the Tend Her Wild podcast. Through questions and tools around how best to listen to your inner voice, rewild ourselves, and live the most authentic life where we thrive instead of survive. I'm Betsy. And I'm Kate. And we're so glad you've joined us for this episode. Hello, Tender Wild listeners. Thank you for joining us today. In today's episode, we are going to talk about the power of healing and community. As women, I think that we've both discovered there is an incredible value in coming together. We just came off a week retreat with 30 women and two men in Costa Rica. And we want to share some of our thoughts and observations and, and honor the work that was done as individuals, but even more um, amazingly, I think, is is the work that the collective and the community yeah. and the, the role that that played in, in people's journey uh, of healing. And so uh, we, having done several of these, Betsy, you've done far more than I have, but I think we each time learn more. Absolutely. And so we've been talking about it since we returned and thought, we just share some of some of the things that have come up for us that might be interesting for listeners and and also if you're thinking about an experience like this the power that it could have for you and encourage um, in a lot of different ways how we can come together to heal yeah and I think it's interesting how our culture has become so individualistic and even in terms of how we heal And of course, as a trained psychologist, I was trained to work with people one-on-one. And I know the power of that. I believe that people can heal with just one other person witnessing them, observing them, watching them, being with them. But I tell you, there is something completely different that happens in a group. There's somehow more energy. There's more support. There's more grace there's more synchronicity. There's all these factors that that in some ways speed up the healing process and deepen it. And I would have said, I mean, I've done a lot of individual healing for myself. And I would say that for, for years, I was very resistant to the idea of doing it in a group, mm-hmm. healing in a group. Because, wow, then there's going to be a bunch of people who know my stuff or the vulnerability of it seems the vulnerability of it the risk but now that I've observed both personally and watching these groups emerge when you work with groups it's almost easier I believe to heal in a group like we think it's going to be harder or more challenging or but it's like when you are surrounded by a bunch of people fully in uh, moving through their blocks and moving through the things they want to let go. It's almost like a tidal wave that just sort of takes you in that collective energy of healing. And so I now believe it's actually easier and more efficient to heal in a group than to do it all on your own. Oh, having experienced both ways, I, I agree. 
I think the other thing to note is that it doesn't necessarily mean you're airing everything with everyone there, but there's a collective power in the space that's created. Bingo. And so you can be very, you can almost be working through things on your own, but because you're in this powerful space with others, you may be vulnerable, more vulnerable and be willing to share, but you also can just you absorb the the energy of others healing and and so it's really it pushes really you hard. forward it does yeah. and and so you know i think sometimes people think oh i'm going to you know you, you have to go and then just be completely an open book that's um, such a good point that's not i think what we're talking about there's a i don't know if we could call it a third energy that comes in mm-hmm. and it is this group synergy and you're right um People aren't airing every <laughs> aspect of their challenge, but when you're collectively doing a meditation or a yoga practice or talking about a particular topic as a group, there's this third energy that's moving people forward. Mm-hmm. I think you and I even could observe at times people that were a little held back for many good reasons. But that by the end of the week, it was this sort of collective group energy all guiding us forward towards more wholeness that was impacting even the people who were a little bit reticent to, um, you know, sort of dig into whatever stuff they were facing. It's just like the, the group was like, oh, come along. You can use some of our energy and our resources and our love to really to really help you. And it's not a new phenomenon. This is actually going back to the way that probably women healed. I think it's the way we were supposed to heal. I do too. It's it's what we're naturally inclined to do. It's it's the feminine of of being collaborative in whatever way, but also um, holding each other. Which you know we've talked about many times on this podcast. I think I think sometimes the answers are looking at not what's new and different but mm. what what has worked for so long that we've gotten so far, far away from. from yeah i want to read a quote because i think this is such a beautiful kind of explanation of what we're talking about that we've all been conditioned to do our work individually and to feel our dirty and hard emotions on our own mm in the privacy of our bathroom or shower. And it's been really challenging for us to let other people see that. But this isn't a book. It's a new book that just came out that I will put in our show notes. It's called We Heal Together by Michelle Cassandra Johnson. She has a quote in it by someone named Johnette Walzer, who writes that society and culture really don't hold space for us to deal with big emotions. Capitalism teaches us we must constantly be productive. And yet it's difficult to be productive when you're dealing with a lot of pain, when you're dealing with a lot of grief. It's hard to be productive. We talk ourselves out of really being able to sit with what we need to sit with. But to be more productive, we actually need to allow for healing to happen. So I do think at some of the roots of why we've decided we need to heal individually is this dominant culture of capitalism, right? That my how I'm honored is by being productive and getting my work done and, and, you know, bringing more to my work life. That's my value. Mm -hmm. And yeah, we can't, you know, if we can't find the space to deal with our big emotions. 
And I learned on this particular week away at the threads that were there, consistent threads for so many people dealing with similar big emotions. Yeah. And that being in a room, there was inevitably someone else there going through something similar. Yeah. Um, and while you may not share details, you know, you know, whether it's grief or you know if it's burnout or stress or trauma. Um, and for many, it's the trying to move past the voices in our head that tell us we're not enough and that we shouldn't want more. We shouldn't desire anything different or want to manifest anything new. We should be happy with what we have. Yeah. And so being in a room where you can find that commonality and um, being on this experience where you suddenly don't feel alone in those big emotions mm-hmm. is empowering, actually. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then you have this collective energy behind behind the the healing and and it transcends the space i think we found that even in the last several days this group is very connected yeah and rooting for each other and um yeah. continues to to kind of hold that that space and they've built relationships and they've you know we we got a message from last year's group of two two of our you know lovely women that came on that one that ended up meeting at that and then going on a whole new one Mm. this spring together, right. To continue their journey together. And so, yeah, I think, I think the, the relationships that are built, the commonalities and the ability to, as a group really um, be this magnetic kind of force out there, even when you return. Yeah. um, Is really powerful. Yeah. And I think that we should lay out a couple things as to why this experience in a group setting, doing yoga together, breathing together, uh, meditating together, working with hard questions together, why it really works. Because my guess is that there are listeners out there who said, who could come up with examples of, well, I've been in groups before and that group harmed me or philosophies in the group harmed me or the group split and I was harmed in that. And so um, I want to just give a couple recommendations if you're out there and you're like, yes, yes, I want to heal in a group. How do I find a group? What does this mean? How do we work with group healing instead of individualized healing. And I believe one of the things that makes a group experience like this work is that very first night when we circle the first time. Mm -hmm. And I've learned over the years that in that first night, we have to set ground rules. Expectations. Yep. We have to very clearly state, and then I have everyone raise their right hand and say, do you agree with this? And as soon as that happens, then I do think there's this magical um, vessel container that gets created where then people can have big emotions and they can work through things and they can allow themselves to be seen and heard and allow themselves to feel. So the ground rules that we set... um, can anyone can use them? And these aren't the only ground rules out there, of course. Right. You could be creative and set the ground rules that 
resonate most with you, but I think it's good to clearly state it. And we actually gave everyone a copy of this as well. And the four ground rules that I love to bring to retreats like this are from the beautiful book, The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. And these four agreements uh, seem to really, I don't know, create a foundation. People talked about them all week. Mm-hmm. They did. The first one is, I might say them out of order. So um, be impeccable with your word. So this means speaking up when something isn't going right. Mm-hmm. It means telling the truth. Um, It means saying what you feel like you need to say, getting it off your chest. So just this this agreement that we're going to actually speak truth in this group. Yeah. And then the second agreement is don't take anything personally. And that one's huge. Huge. Because as people are rolling through whatever they need to work through in their week, they can get crabby and cranky and irritable and they can just like just suddenly disappear for the afternoon. And, you know, we need to sort of set the space that like nothing that anyone does is about you. (laughs) It's their process. And so like honoring people's process. That's just a good lesson right now in in life where we're at. I've had this conversation many times lately that, um, there are a lot of people struggling and I think it's easy yeah. to say this is, this is about me when really it's, it's never about you. Yeah. Um, and, um, kind of having a little grace with people right now Yeah. and, um, and being in that space where people have with intention come there. I think it is really important to, to, to also not, I, I feel like we often have to like, we have to act. We have to, we have to be what we think others need us to be. And in this, these type of experiences really kind of let down those walls. And mm-hmm. whatever you need to feel, you need to feel. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't want to harm one another. And if, but if you need space, if you need to walk away, if you need to not, you know, be around people, um, you have total permission to do yeah. that. And in yeah, life, it's we permission often don't giving. Have that. Yeah, it's like this whole permission giving. Just suck to, it up and, <laughs> and don't so, take anything personally and take care of yourself. Yeah. The third agreement is don't make assumptions, which is really key too. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, how many times? Mm-hmm. Yeah, do we do that? Especially, a group of women comes together. You don't know many of them. You start to look around, and that's mm-hmm. that's the beauty of this process too. Is that you never know what someone's going through. Mm-hmm. You never know, and and sometimes you know people will keep things private the entire week, and that's okay too. But you know they're going through something. Yeah. And so, yeah, just not assuming things and coming from that place as a group of women can be so, such a relief that we're all agreeing to that. Yeah. Yeah. Because we tend to do that too. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And, and many people have talked about how freeing it is to just know that people aren't talking about you behind your back or they're making comments later about, did you notice that so-and-so started crying or did this or like, we just nip that in the butt from the beginning that we're not making assumptions. We're being impeccable with our word. We're not taking anything personally. And so it does give all this freedom and space to be yourself. Mm-hmm. And then the last assumption or the last, uh, not assumption, cause we're not making assumptions. <laughs> right. The last agreement, agreement 
is to do your best, to just show up and be all in, do your best. And then, of course, we add the the fifth agreement, which is confidentiality, that, you know, everyone's going through their own process. And so you keep other people's process to yourself, that you can go home and share your experience with your loved ones and your friends and your family. But you're not saying, oh, yeah, and there was this person who had this big thing happen to them. Like, we're being really conscious about the the sacredness of this circle. Um, and again, because of these agreements and everyone agrees to them, I think it just creates such a beautiful openness for people to be themselves mm-hmm. and to show up as themselves and to not fear the judgments or the behind the back talking of, of the cohort and when those things are set, then I think then healing can really happen. Yeah. And there's just not a lot of spaces for us like that in daily life. Yeah. So it feels, I know for me the first time it felt like, huh, this feels different. We're yeah. all agreeing to this and I'm going to let down my guard because I trust it. And you start to yeah. trust the sacredness of the space. And, um, and I actually feel like we need more of that. <laughs> We don't have to go 3,000 miles away. Right. Right. Well, those can be created in, in, and we can set that type of container in, in spaces that we lead or spaces that we're part of. I think it's good practice. And I think that's what helps women be less judgmental and come, you know, mm-hmm. come into those rooms honoring the experiences of each other. Yeah. Um, so definitely a yeah. something to think about like where else and how else sure because those those four agreements could be applied to any group setting right. you know you could make agreements that yeah we're gonna try to uphold these right I remember this was actually the first retreat I ever taught this was I don't know maybe 10 years ago and it was an older gentleman who came to me at the end of the week and he had actually never done yoga before. His new partner had convinced him to come on this retreat. And he said to me, I feel like the way we're treating each other is the way all human beings should interact with love and with respect and with curiosity and with interest and really listening to people. He's like, I just feel like this is how it should always be. Mm. Like, why, why can't it always be this way? And I feel that sort of sentiment after each retreat. It's like, this is... We're, we're wired to be this compassionate and soft and open and forgiving and, and non-judgmental with people. Why have we gotten so far, <laughs> have from, we gotten so far from that when this feels right, this feels natural, this feels how it should be versus the opposite. Right. That's very true. We have a competitive culture. We have, like you said, the culture of productivity and I think there, I think there's a swing happening to getting back to how we should be walking through life as human beings. And I actually think with, you know, as technology advances and we get farther away from humanity, there is, I feel this, this pull right now of, I just heard a story this morning about how it was a kind of a, a warning about how AI may, mm. I don't want to get too dark, but how it could really impact the human race. Yeah. And we're going to have to decide as a society and as a world, 
how we're going to show up and kind of combat combat that what's coming. Mm. And so I, I do, I, I feel like we're at a little bit of a inflection point coming out of the pandemic and what are the things we've learned? What have we all of a sudden, what did we learn? But then we've kind of gone back yeah. to, yeah. which I heard a lot of on the retreat. Like I, you know, I, I thought things would be different and they were for a while. Yeah. And now I feel like I'm overwhelmed again. And, you know, there's so much to, that, you know, we take on that for two years we didn't take on. Yeah. And we felt different. So it's a, well, and COVID was such an interesting teacher for all of us because it was a collective experience. We were all going through it all over the world. I mean, I have friends in Europe and they were going through similar issues that I was going through in the United States. So it was this collective experience and I think it was an opportunity for collective healing, but because there was lockdown and there was, you yeah. know, uh, separation. We were caught up again in more of an individualistic. Yes. I mean, think about even people early on who were dying and were dying alone because your family couldn't be in the hospital near you. So it's there's a strange paradox here. There was an opportunity for collective healing and coming together and realizing we're all in this together. This is the one time we're all going through something as a planet. Versus, you know, sometimes countries go through major upheaval, but the rest of the world isn't. This is global. But maybe the collective healing is now. Yeah, maybe maybe that's where we're we're needing to go is the realization that the individual model, while useful to some point, is also lacking. Mm -hmm. That there is great power in the coming together and the realization of the interconnectivity of our species. Mm-hmm. And I think this is also what I see in healing and community is the realization that your trauma is my trauma. Mm-hmm. Your pain is my pain. Your anxiety is my anxiety. That because we're all interconnected, right. that when one of us suffers, we all suffer. And so when one of us heals, we all heal, right? That that we are this web. We are this intricate web. And funny enough on this retreat we you know we had people from I think seven states two countries and and at some point someone laughed and said I want to make a map of how we're all so connected because Mm -hmm. you know someone in Minneapolis knew someone from Portland and they were one degree of separation from a family member and I mean the stories went on and on and on and on and on and that's just in 32 people but we really are only connected six degrees of separation from anyone else on this planet. Mm-hmm. So like taking that concept of interconnectivity and realizing that, you know, again, do your healing work because it's impacting the whole, right? But also be in community, you know, help each other. Yeah. Cause that not only benefits the other person, it benefits you. Yeah. Well, and on that note, I, I think it is, it was a lesson in how much, more we have in common than than we don't. Yeah. And one of my favorite aspects of this particular retreat was the rain, age range of the women that were there. And, and we two had men. and two men yeah. who we adore. We, we can't forget them because we um, want to especially honor yes. them showing up in the midst of all the feminine energy and really being such a integral part of the healing process. Yes. They were definitely there for a purpose. Yeah. 
Um, but we had, you know, we had the maiden, we had the crones, we had, you know, those of us in, in, in midlife and, and there was such, uh, it was so fun to kind of watch the interaction and age didn't matter. It didn't matter. No, it didn't matter matter. that the 28 year old was sitting with the 60 year old and laughing and eating lunch. Yeah. And, but there was also, I could sense like drawing wisdom Mm -hmm. and then the playfulness of some of the younger women that like drew out infusing the energy of so it was like it was all there together which just also feels like as it should be yes and how um we don't have culturally these setups anymore for there to be (laughs) intergenerational healing or intergenerational even communication right so we had um, one of the young women that we so enjoyed getting to know who shared her lessons that she learned. And I thought I would share them because I think um, for me, it really summed up, it kind of sums up what we're talking about today, but it was her perception and her viewpoint, you know, on her trip home of what she had learned at a pretty young age that I was like, wow, that's going to serve her so well. And she gave us permission to share these. Yes. So the first is when everyone holds the four agreements in a sacred container, true magic happens. Inner beauty is so magnetic. True authentic self-expression is incredible to witness. You don't need to be around your closest people to be your true self. Mm. I love that one. Connection is made by storytelling. Age is just a number. Healing in community is fucking powerful. (laughs) The ocean is my healing happy place. Free is the only way to live. And love doesn't take long to build. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you for sharing those with all of us and so wise, so wise and love doesn't take long to build. I think that is it that love. I think love is always there. We talked about in one of the classes, there's a great roomy quote, um, shut the thinking door and open the love window, Mm -hmm. right? When we get out of the thinking mind and the constant planning and judging and criticizing what's there is love. And it's always there. We just are really distanced from it. We are held back from it. So in a space that fosters and encourages, you know, our connection to it, it, yeah, it's, it's immediate. It's there. It's right. It's there almost immediate. Right. Yeah. So any final thoughts that you have that? Yeah. I, my, my final thoughts are, um, not, it's not possible for everyone to go on a retreat to to leave their family for a week or to take time off from her job or you know financially and so I think this conversation is a bigger conversation about encouragement to all of us to find the groups that support our healing process and this group could come through uh, neighbors that get together on Thursday nights and read a book and talk uh, talk about a book. It could come through um, a yoga community. It could come through um, a group of people at work that get together. 
Um, it could come through extended family. It could come through, you know, just three like-minded soul friends that, you know, gather. But it's this idea of that when more than two of us are together, right? There is a healing synergy and there's a, a different, I don't know, power that's there. And so if you don't have a healing community, find one or create one. Yeah. And this might feel like a big ask, but if you don't do it, who is? Mm-hmm. And it will not only heal others who are part of it, but it's going to heal you to be the leader and to create something. It doesn't have to be complicated. You can use the four agreements as your foundation. And I have a beautiful document that I'm going to share about creating uh, women's circles in particular. And this comes from the work of Dr. Jean Shinoda Bolin, who's a psychiatrist and kind of a Jungian um, analyst. And she's written a beautiful book called Circle that I highly recommend. And so this is encouragement about how to create your own circles and the benefits of them. And then also the things to be aware of that mm-hmm. can come up, challenges that can come up. Um, so we're, again, just going to really encourage you to think about, do I have a healing community or circle? Yeah. If I don't, can I start to create one? Yeah. And I think people, I think we're hungry for this right now. I, I think, like you said, we've been alone uh, for much of the last several years, kind of in our own bubble our own soup our own soup and so how can we how can we help others uh, open up to this idea and and recognize that women have been gathering in the collective for years mm. for centuries like this is this is innate to us yeah think about those red tents where you used to go yes. menstruate with your sisters for can you imagine how awesome that would be like no. i'm gonna take these six days off while i oh menstruate i'm just gonna go hang out with my girlfriends and bleed and tell stories <laughs> and be bitchy together and yes. it, i mean really I, like that's yeah that used to be something yeah and and we honored each other yeah i think that's the other Thing that I would offer as the last thought is there is an honoring of the experiences that we're going through um, and sometimes we don't need advice we just need space held for us mm-hmm. and I think we rarely need advice we rarely do we think we do I don't sometimes. think we actually ever need advice because the answers, answers are in inside. us yeah so this is about need someone to hear us and right. reflect it's not it about us. yeah telling others yes. what to do or how to handle something it's just holding the space which is incredibly powerful we we need to do that more when people are grieving I think we've talked mm-hmm. about that the power of that um, and there is still a lot of grief we, we sense yeah. that uh, this last week too so I think um, I think honoring one another is the is the core of this and and then the the feeling of love and the the sharing that ex- circle experience whatever that looks like um, can em- empower you in a way to have uh, however large that community is kind of behind you mm-hmm. as you're experiencing whatever you are and we're all on a healing journey we may not recognize yep. it, but we are. That's yep. the, our life's work. And so 
and things are it's also a good time for this things are often feel chaotic right now and things are moving quickly and so so if you're if you are if you need this find others that need this and and just just do it just come together yeah. that's all that that's all the magic is is coming together and i would say Looking if you know that you need this and you don't know how it's going to come about just set that as your intention i want to find a healing circle a healing community a healing group and um i think as soon as you ask for that it'll show up mm-hmm. and maybe it won't look like the way you imagined it would look and maybe you're the one who has to and collaborate she, it and put it together mm-hmm. but uh i think it's 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 out there, and as I agree with you, the time is now. The time is now. So, so we honor all those that are bringing women together, people together to into circle, and those of you that are about to embark on that. Um, I think that's the way forward. Forward, it's the very the feminine essence of what we need from humans right now, and I think that that power is within all of us if we choose to go down that path. Yeah. Thank you, Kate. Thanks, Betsy. Today's episode is sponsored by Kate Moreland Coaching and Heartland Yoga. As a coach, I am an advocate for authenticity and well-being for individuals, organizations, and communities. Through my coaching work, I like to help you connect to your authenticity. Whether you're an individual, a leader, or an organization, your creative power lies in your authenticity. Doing the work to understand your strengths and acknowledge the patterns and rocks that are in your way is the path to well-being. Whether it's your career or your relationship with yourself or others, transformative change begins within. You can reach me at katemorelandcoaching.com. Heartland Yoga has been in business for nearly 15 years. I founded this studio with the intention for it to be a safe place where people could come and heal. I also knew that I wanted a business that fostered community and connection. So if you are looking to deepen your yoga practice, heal from physical, emotional, mental wounds, or simply connect with people who are like-minded, Heartland Yoga is a place that we would love to welcome you into, whether it's online or in person. You can find out more information at www.heartlandyoga.com. And now the amazing singer-songwriter, Lissy Morris with Wild West. Thanks for joining us today. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review. Come back and rewild with us again next week. Safety.